team, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That is the gospel unto salvation. That is God's power to salvation. Believe the gospel, my friends. I want to start with Proverbs chapter 19, verse 1 and 2. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Verse 2. Also that the soul be without knowledge, it is not good. And he that hasteth with his feet sinneth. We are in a time of calamity. It looks like things are just getting worse, right? You have a brewing, escalating military conflict in Israel against Gaza. Seems to be pulling in uh, nations from all over the place. And I want to talk about integrity in war. There's been atrocities that have been alleged and committed. But because most of the people that are looking at this stuff are not there, how do you know? And then whenever you realize that the people reporting these things, these people getting the first clicks, the first ideas out there so they can be the first cutting edge news, there's an incentive for that. And then you need to ask who's making the incentive. Who is making the incentive for people to be first in war to do a thing, to, to say something? I want to get to that. I also want to say that the best way that you can help support what I do here is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren, patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Take the shopping you're already doing, switch it from Walmart or Costco or Albertsons or wherever, and switch it to an American manufacturing company, priced competitive products with no harmful industrial chemicals delivered right to your door. Cancel any time, no harm, no foul. It benefits me, and it's a beautiful way to get American-made products deliberately to your door. Uh, PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. I want to talk about integrity in war. I took heat. I take heat because, and I've said this last week, where Americans with American Christians particularly believe that the modern state of Israel is the Israel of the Bible. I won't get into that again. Uh, I believe that people need to read Romans chapter 9, verse 6 through 8, whenever the Bible says not all Israel is of Israel. Let the Bible tell you how to think. But whenever people believe that the modern state of Israel is the, is the Israel in the Bible, there's a lot of emotion there. And there's a lot of emotion there because it's tied to our theology, it's tied to Bible, it's tied to Jesus, it's tied to a lot of the other things. I am of the mind that Christ is king, he's on the throne, and the gospel is going to reign supreme. I also want to make sure that whenever I get emotional about something, that I take it to Christ. Now, I don't do that all the time. Just straight up, heads up, I'm going to, I'm going to admit, um, I do get emotional, I do get mad. There's times where I'm just wrong. But this is because I'm a sinner, just like you and everybody else, and we bring it back. The world understands these vulnerabilities. The world understands the vulnerabilities of people. The vulnerabilities of people to get their emotions, their sensitivities riled up. And if you can get people angry, if you can get people sad, if you can get people mad, then you can really manipulate them. And so a couple weeks ago, uh, at the beginning of the um, attacks from Gaza or attacks from Palestine into Israel, there was this story of, a story of 40 decapitated babies. Now, I held, I held my tongue on it because that's vicious. At the very first issue, that's vicious. Just, I mean, that's just wrong. That would make me want to just kill anybody who would do that to a child. I can't imagine doing that. I can't imagine doing that to other people. Although I've seen videos of people taking garden hose and chopping at the necks of people. 
there's viciousness going on. As a combat veteran, I have seen that stuff. I've done stuff. I haven't decapitated anybody. But I've, I've seen and done violence to other people. I've seen it done to other folks. So I'm no, I'm no stranger to this. But I also understand the emotion that it got to me whenever I was in country and I lost one of my soldiers. Put him back together. Picked up the multiple parts of his body and put them in a bag. I understand warfare. I'm not stupid. And it's because whenever you get in these types of situations, you need to be telling the truth. So the people who promulgated this notion of 40 decapitated babies now have this story a couple days ago, maybe two days ago, of this hotel in Gaza, this I should say this hospital in Gaza being bombed. And now that's an issue. But whenever you realize that the bombs are hitting parking lots and not actually destroying hospitals, you, you have a media market that incentivizes first facts, first notions. And there's a maxim in war that says, always confirm the first report. If you're the battlefield commander and a scout comes back to you and tells you something, you want to confirm that thing. Because if you act on it, that scout could be wrong. So con confirming the report is going to make sure that your decision is anchored on better truth rather than the first thing that you hear. And we have been trained in the internet age with our smartphones to believe the stuff that we hear, that into the eyes and into the ears for the key terrain of the mind and the prize of the soul. I used to begin this live stream by saying that my biases was that I'm a Bible-believing Christian, constitutional, vision, uh, constitutional defending, patriotic Trump supporter. That's what I used to say in order. That way you would know, okay, Jaron believes the Bible. He's going to preach the gospel. He wants to defend the Constitution. He's patriotic, so he loves his nation. He's America first. And he's a patriotic, he's a Trump supporter. Those are my biases. And I would tell you those just so that you would have them up front and know, okay, this is kind of where this guy's coming. Because if I told you I'm a Republican, that doesn't matter as much as, okay, I'm a Bible-believing you know, constitutional defending patriotic Trump supporter. Okay, yeah, that, that, that paints a much clearer perspective. So whenever you have a war situation, the subtext is to divide people for or against the components or the, 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 the combatants. You're either for Israel or you're for Palestine. Well, I'm America first from a political perspective, so I believe that Israel should defend itself, and they can, I believe that Palestine had a, supporting a lot of evil people that were coming after uh, you know, the Jews in Israel. That's wrong. I also believe that the way that Israel responds to that is necessary too. And that's because I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. So because of that, I don't look at what Israel's going to do with Gaza and just say, go make a parking lot out of them. That's wrong. I want to dive, if I can, into this situation, This what I believe is this pending slog fest in Gaza. Now let's just put the military hat on. Gaza is going to be full of tunnels. Subterranean warfare changes the game. It, it completely changes the game. And there's a couple different things I want to point out. In 2004, when the U.S. Marine Corps surrounded Fallujah, Fallujah was a holy city in Iraq, and the Marines uh, surrounded the city, put concertina wire all over it. They played Metallica to make uh, the Iraqis really mad, so they'd come at them and shoot them, and it was basically a siege. I think, and I've advocated for a siege of Gaza, because while that might not look good, if you siege them, deprive them of food and water, you get them to leave, you can go put them in the Negev Desert. 
the Negev Desert, you know, stockpile it with water, say, hey, here's the place where all the people are going to go set up tents, set up water points, set up food distribution, and do the humanitarian issue. And there's plenty of room in the Negev Desert. I think I, 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 I advocated that last week. And then now you hear people going, hey, the Negev Desert's right there. We should just put them all. Yeah, go put them right there. Not permanent. Not permanent, but you know, drain the swamp. Drain the swamp to where only the fighters are there. Make the provision for humanitarian aid and, and care. And then go in and smash. Now, where that's going to do wrong from an international community perspective is that you know, if Palestine had its people, if, if the people of Palestine live there, that's their home. And if Israel goes in there and wipes it out and they take it over, it's what, what grant of authority do they do to do that? Might makes right? Well, then you have to look back and take into consideration that in 1948, America, Great Britain, and all the other powers of the world, a lot of other powers of the world, forced people out of and to create the state of Israel. So if you wanted to argue that Israel coming in could just annex uh, you know, the Gaza Strip or, or take over those people's homes, they have no right to do that. They have no right to do that. I believe that they can go in and invade and crush, Gaza, or crush Hamas and destroy stuff. And you do that by laying a siege and you get those people out in the desert and you do the humanitarian crisis. But what's happening is not that. What's happening is these stories of missiles destroying hospitals and killing all sorts of kids and babies and stuff. And you recognize that's intended for an American audience. The American people are emotionally uh, vapid. We're saps. We're manipulatable. I mean, there, there's when I get to the Sidney Powell issues um, here later today, I'm going to talk about the Sidney Powell pleading. There were people uh, in chat saying, well, you know, she took this plea deal to just get this behind her. It's like, okay, I understand people taking plea deals, but if you take plea deals to alleviate the pain because you either don't know or are too afraid to stand on the truth, I disagree with that. We are not in the time of alleviating pain. We are in the time of using that pain to get to truth. And whenever we shift it back to the Israel stuff, America is subsidizing the Israeli war effort. Take this from Joe Biden. This is what Joe Biden said uh, in response. My administration was in close touch with their leadership from the first moments of this attack. We're going to make sure we have what you have what you need to protect your people, to defend your nation. For decades, we've ensured Israel's qualitative military edge. And later this week, I'm going to ask the United States Congress for unprecedented support package for Israel's defense. We're going to keep Iron Dome fully supplied so we can continue standing sentinel over Israeli skies, saving Israeli lives. Standing sentinel is guard language. You're a guardian. You're guarding Israel's air so that no one can bomb them. Now, this, this, is, where people are, this is where people need to really investigate their base assumptions. Because there are people, and I've said this before, there are folks that will listen who have theological beliefs tied to the modern state of Israel. So what I'm going to say is going to sound theologically heretical instead of political analysis. This is intended for political analysis and not for theological ramifications. Make sense? So if the United States is subsidizing the Israeli air defense, first, 
Israel has more than capability to provide defense for itself. We footed the bill. We gave them the billions to, for them to be able to do that. And now whenever Israel, whenever America is going to do this to Israel, what's the grant? When did Congress vote to have this happen? When has Congress declared war so that America and our interests would be subordinated and tied to Israel? We haven't. This gets down to the money, the Jewish power and the influence that the Jewish people have, and they wield it in influence in America. And this is where, if you look at Jim Jordan, the guy that most Republicans want as Speaker of the House, this is what he's posting. He's saying, we must stop attacking each other and come together. He's speaking about, he's speaking about um, you know, Republicans, stop attacking Republicans so he can be Speaker. We must stop attacking each other and come together. There's too much at stake. Let's get back to working on the crisis at the southern border. Agreed. Inflation. Agreed. And helping Israel. Disagree. Why do we need to be doing that? Why, why, is that, why, is that the, why are those the priorities? I agree that the southern border is the priority. I agree that um, inflation is a priority. I, I believe that Congress should be working to get itself out of people's uh, schools. There, there, there are lots of issues, and this is where the trope of we can walk and chew gum comes into account. The overextension of America politically, militarily, around the world is destroying us. Americans are emotionally manipulated to think that all the issues of the world are issues that they can and should solve, but they're not. This is a moral uh, millstone around our neck that seems to obligate us to do things that we shouldn't be doing. We've been given Israel billions of dollars for decades with no strings attached. They have developed the Israeli military industries, which is one of the largest weapons manufacturers, arms manufacturers in the world. And it's only for Israel. It's actually outporting, uh, exporting uh, weapons and ammo. It, you know, IMI just uh, said that they were going to continue to give and fulfill their contracts to Azerbaijan. They're going to continue to fill their contracts around the world. Now, if you're going to go into a big fight, why would you take your weapons and still export them whenever you've got a fight down the street? And then whenever you consider that Lake City, Missouri, which is a which is a publicly funded federal ammunition manufacturer, the largest ammunition manufacturer in the world, right here and or you know right up the right well what's it up and over to Missouri, Lake City, Missouri, right up up and over for me, L Lake City, Missouri. They've canceled their commercial contracts, which is going to lower uh, the ammunition availability in the United States, so that they can do what. Obligate it to Israel, obligate it to the United States military in preparation of a war. This is where people need to understand that it's not just about the decapitated babies or the blown up hospitals. Those are the things that get your attention so that you don't see all the stuff that's happening on the side. And and what's sad is that the tragedy, uh, the, the viciousness of Hamas killing Jews, two, what was it, two weeks ago? That viciousness has started just chaos all over the place. And in that chaos, that's where bad actors move to take advantage and exploit. And if you think about it, it's like covering fire from a machine gun. If you've got a machine gun laying suppressive fire to your enemy, then you can get up close to your enemy and move. 
in this case, the suppressive fire from the enemy is the media telling the, the people, right, keeping their heads down, suppressing them with media images and ideas and stories from hospitals being blown up and decapitated babies and raped women and old ladies being destroyed. All this stuff is going on. And that's going into the eyes and into the ears of the American people. And they're just going like this. Oh, no, it's all over the place. You got people saying biblical prophecy. Um, you know, there's there's videos with millions of views that are only days old that are talking about the Antichrist and the tribulation and all these other things. And all the bombarding of people through their by their emotions and with information, it's all twisting and poking people's beliefs and their emotions. And no one's looking at this thing going, what is the American interest? Really not looking at the fact that none of this is pointing to Jesus. None of this is preaching the gospel. None of this is looking to what the Bible says. And that for me is the biggest tell. Because none of these politicians are preaching the gospel. None of the, mili the military sure is, you know, they, they don't care about the gospel. And this matters to me because I care about my king and what my king wants is the gospel to save souls so they don't go to hell. Proverbs 19, 1. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. People are lying to emotionally twist, poke, prod, manipulate, move, and cajole people to get them riled up. They're lying. Here's another evidence of this. This is uh, this is Biden again saying, you know, basically basically telling no state, don't come after Israel. Watch this. The world will know that Israel is Israel is stronger than ever. And my message to any state or any other hostile actor thinking about attacking Israel remains the same as it was a week ago. Don't, don't, don't. Since yeah, it's, it's, it's where is our declaration of war? I understand, and I, I mean, I would prefer Israel over uh, Hamas any day. Um, where is the grant of authority for the for the American government to do this? We, we don't even pay attention to what the law is. I'll speak to more about that in the Sidney Powell stuff, because there's some people that will still say, well, Jaron, we're so corrupt, no one ever does anything. Well, do we actually say what the law is? Do we actually hold people accountable in the law? Do we actually go after them, their money, their property? Do we actually try to prosecute them? Well, no, because no one does it. That's why we should learn. That's why we should learn to do it. That's, that's why we need to learn what, our, what the law is. I said last week, and this is a, a picture that depicts it. This is the U.S. Navy deployed, right? So you've got one, the Ike, Ike uh, strike carrier group, two, the Ford carrier strike group, and three, the Baton uh, ARG. I don't know what ARG is because I'm not a freaking Navy guy. Um, but you see right there, amphibious ready group. So you got people to be able to like land on, on the sea or whatnot. So you got people choke pointing, you got the U.S. Navy functionally choke pointing off the Mediterranean. Isn't that what I said? And why is that important? Because they're going to be able to uh, influence um, travel, commerce, uh, information they're going to be able to basically lock down the where those three uh, continents are, are conjoining and they're also it's also going to basically be a roadblock or a naval lane block from anybody else coming out so if china were to let's say send a, a naval force or if russia were to send a naval force 
now that America's already there, it's kind of like, well, what you doing, man? Why are you coming to us like this? Trump was asked if he's going to go to Israel. This is what he said. Never happened is the attack on Israel. If I were president, Israel would not have been attacked. It was viciously attacked. It would not have been attacked. Ukraine would not have been attacked. You take a look at what's going on throughout the world. The world right now is a mess. It's a mess, and it's a very sad day. Thank Will you, you visit much. Israel? Will you visit Israel, Mr. President? I may. I may go. I may go. I haven't thought of it, but I believe in letting them do what they have to do. They have to straighten it out. What's happened in Israel is all of those people dead would have never happened, ever. Not even a chance. Even the Democrats admit that if I were president. Thank you very much. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one of the main reasons why I support Trump, no wars. He, that, amen. God bless President Trump. Um, this is the King of Jordan. So a big, a big deal is refugees. A big deal is people leaving Gaza because they don't want to get blown up. And I mean, you can't blame them. Here is the King of Jordan, Abdullah, uh, who is like a fighter pilot, I believe. But here's the king saying absolutely no refugees allowed in Jordan. Just a part of the question on the issues of refugees coming to Jordan. And I think I can quite strongly speak on behalf not only of um, 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 uh, Jordan as a nation, but of uh, our friends in Egypt. That is a red line. Uh, because I think that is the plan by certain of the usual suspects to try and create de facto issues on the ground. No refugees in Jordan, no refugees in Egypt. Now, what does he mean, de facto issues on the ground? So Jordan is to the east of Israel, Egypt is to the south. So the normal places for these people to go would be Jordan or Egypt. And if the war displaces all of these Palestinians to these, to these other nations, these other nations are then going to have the burden to do it. But that's not actually, I believe, that's not actually what King Abdullah is speaking to. He's speaking to the idea, and this is where he's saying that the usual suspects... I believe he is alleging Israel intends to, you know, basically kick all those people out so that they can annex it. Because in the Zionist movement, it's not just about having the homeland for Israel. It's about having the homeland as they interpret the promise that they're guaranteed uh, in the Old Testament. Now, you can look at times in the Old Testament, that land was occupied as God told them that they could have it. Some people, some of the Israelites, didn't take the land because they disobeyed God. So God promised them, and then they didn't take it. So the, here's this idea that now you have a Zionist movement saying we need to have a greater Israel. And so I believe King Abdullah of Jordan is, you know, he said, and he mentioned is, uh, Egypt. These people, these other nations, these other Arab nations, they know that the, the Zionist movement wants to take territory. They want to annex things out. And so the, the fact that this is a red line is not him saying he doesn't care about people. It's him saying, we understand the strategy behind it. We suspect the strategy behind it. And we completely disagree with it. And by him saying it's a red line, he puts the onus back on Israel, which if you think about what's going to happen here, there will be people in America that's already calling for millions of people to come to the United States. There's already calls in this nation by progressives to have uh, refugees from Gaza brought into the United States. And my question is why? Instability? Demographic change? different faith systems because these people aren't Christian 
These people aren't going to actually care about the Constitution or the common law. They don't care about that stuff. So that's where you would issue it there. But also in that transportation, there's going to be human trafficking. There's going to be sex trafficking. There's going to be modern day slavery is human trafficking. And so if you've got a bunch of displaced people and you have beliefs where you need to, you know, or, or you say you need to sacrifice, you need, you need to do stuff to people, you're going to have a lot of people. You're going to have a lot of warm bodies to take advantage of. And that's where this, that, that's the part where people don't really recognize really what's happening is I think Americans hear about refugees and say, well, that's wrong that they're being driven from their home. It's bad that there's violence. It's bad that they're being driven from their home. But I don't think Americans have the mind to understand that whenever people are in mass leaving, that's when kids get, kids get kidnapped. That's where women get raped. That's where um, property is stolen. That's, that's, when, that's where the human rights violations are really happening. It's not good that the viciousness of, of, the, of the killing in war, that's, that's not good. But now you take people from their home, uproot them from their home, and as they're trying to go to a position of safety, that's where they get taken advantage of. Uh, and then you think, why does America have the burden of taking these people from halfway around the world? They're not Americans. They have no tie here. They don't belong here. They don't speak the language. They don't believe like we do. They have no right to come here. And because people in America don't know their law, don't know their rights, and don't assert them by law, it happens and we just kind of complain about it. If we're allowed to complain about it, because it depends on what podcaster's promo code you're using in order to say what the truth is. By the which way, one of the ways you can help me is to go to patriotswitch.com. You see how I did that? One of the ways you can help me is to go to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren because I don't get paid to say or to not say what it is that I believe. I'll say whatever I want. Um, and this is a great way to support me. It's a great way to get American-made products at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Sign up. We also have a Zoom call this Friday, tomorrow at 7 p.m. Central at nowgotowar.com. Now go to war.com you sign up there you'll be on a zoom call with myself and my wife talking about this tomorrow anyway um the the tragedy of displacing people creates market opportunity for evil and the market opportunity for evil wants human trafficking child sex trafficking it wants to take people's stuff it wants to use that to change the nations and the demographic uh, to, to change demographics of nations but it also wants to do that in this case is kind of like a Lebensraum. I mean, Hitler wanted his, his elbow room. Hitler wanted his, his living room. And here you have, here you have a bunch of people leaving Gaza for what purpose? Well, the king of Jordan just spoke to it. We, don't, we Jordan and Egypt, don't want these refugees coming from Gaza we don't want to take care of them, but we also know that you want greater Israel. We know that you want to annex everything. We know that you want to take over everything. And because we know that, we're not going to take the bait. We're not going to accept the premise that an attack that was able to subvert your intelligence apparatus that viciously killed 1,300 Israelis is the pretense for you to then go into an all-out invasion of Gaza displace millions of people we take them and when you displace them you annex the territory for yourself we're not going to do that we're not going to let you do that 
Now I want to I want to look deeper if I can into um, Gaza. I uh, this is just where my military mind goes. The invasion in Gaza is going to be bloody. It's going to be vicious. I, I spoke earlier about Fallujah. Uh, Fallujah in 2004 in Iraq. It's a you know it was, it was a siege, and there weren't that many tunnels. And even though Americans and you know I. Um, I, I did not know anybody who died, but I know a lot of people who were there and said that it was vicious. Um, the the fighting in Fallujah, Americans still inflicted three casualties to every one of theirs. So it was still like a lopsided victory, which whenever you think about it, if Fallujah is on defense, the defender is supposed to inflict more casualties on the attacker than the attacker is on the defender. Because whenever you're defending... You know, uh, you know, in the military, you're not supposed to attack unless it's a three to one ratio because you're supposed to. I mean, you're you're going to, uh, you know, you're going to take on losses. So if the Americans inflicted three casualties of Iraqis to every one casualty of America, they inverted the the ratio, which is supposed to happen. One attack, one defender is supposed to be able to take out three um, three defenders. So that happened. I think we need to look at a place called Mariupol. In Ukraine, the Russians attacking Mariupol in Ukraine, I think, is going to be more emblematic of what's going to happen in Gaza. Mariupol is down by uh, Sevastopol. It's right by the um, the ocean. It's right, or excuse me, right by the Mediterranean, and it's got a bunch of tunnels. The Russians have used bunker busting bombs, which is you know old technology from like World War II. Still not able to get rid of all these tunnels. Tunnel uh, subterranean warfare changes the tactics. It's dark; you can't see. If you ever shoot in a tunnel, it's really loud. Even if you've got ear protection in, your comms don't work. So, where you normally enjoy the ability to use radio traffic or VHF in order to communicate movements and stuff, you don't have that. You also, because your uh, visibility is limited. Your, your markings and your uh, near-far recognition signals are basically non-existent, which means if there's a tunnel that comes up like this and around and connects, if you're coming around, you don't know those tunnels connect. So you guys could come right at each other and see other people in tunnels, which are actually your people, and commit fratricide. Um, so th this, is, uh, this, this is that idea that it's, it's just incredibly bloody. It's going to be incredibly bloody. And for Mariupol, they had, this is in Ukraine, they had uh, 2,000 fighters, 2,000 fighters against the Russians, and they inflicted massive casualties. The Russian casualties were two Ukrainians for one Russian. So the ratio was more equal than it was United States against Fallujah. Well, in Gaza, you got to think they've got tens of thousands of fighters. And you have to think they, they have tunnels all over the place. They, they have, they're going to have tunnels all over the place. This is a, a Hamas video that Hamas is saying, they're, they're basically telling Israel, your graves or your tanks are going to be your graves. Watch this.
So Hamas is basically making these hype videos for themselves. Don't 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 doubt that this is to uh, get themselves amped up because I mean these guys are fighting a, an enemy that's gonna just sh- schwack them. Like Hamas is gonna get schwacked. Like they're they're gonna get destroyed. It's gonna be vicious and bloody, and they're gonna do a lot of bad things. But they're not gonna win. Um, and so you got to think these videos are gonna are intended to hype themselves up, but also if they can instill doubt in the Israeli defense force and the IDF's mind by telling these people that your grave your tanks are your graves, um, it's gonna be a vicious fight. It's gonna be a vicious fight. So those are the, those are the issues that uh, as soon as you have chaos or war or hatred or emotion, it's gonna blow up into all sorts of calamities. One of the things. One of the things that's happening is this uh, insurrection in the capital. Oh shit! I need to One of the things that's happening is this insurrection in the capital. Let me let me play it this way. Well. the software I use disconnected I want to see if it if it's back on yeah it's back on but sadly there's not too many people (laughs) it kicked a lot of people off Um, the idea that I'm getting at here is that I mean where's the January 6 outrage these people uh, they got arrested 300 protesters were arrested after it looks like this Right. The chaos in the Middle East has has gotten these protesters to go into the capital. They took over the capital. 300 were arrested. I would imagine they're not going to be charged. Uh, and even if they were, if, if they follow the same form that they did against J6ers, it's wrong. But I don't think that'll happen. I think what'll happen is the hypocrisy against people who love America, support President Trump, the justice system would be deployed against it knowing that bar attorneys would be excoriated if they try to defend such uh, you know, insurrectionists. But the pro-Palestinian people that took over the Capitol yesterday, well, they're just exercising their rights. And, you know, we have to have them as useful leftists during the 2024 campaign to destabilize cities around the nation so we can justify mail-in balloting and cheat machines. So we're going to go ahead and let them go because we need them at a later time because they're useful idiots. This is why it's important to me to learn the fundamental law. This is why it's important to me um, to to understand what is going on. That these people don't actually think. They don't actually believe what they're doing. They're they're part of a system and an apparatus that at this point is is attacking the vast majority of America, and it's doing it all over the place to where Americans don't know how to respond. And because Americans don't get in the word, they don't read their Bibles, they don't study the common law, they don't know what their rights are or how to apply it in the law, we don't know how to respond to this. 
And so because we don't know how to respond to it, when it happens, we're like, well, it's not good. It's not good. I want to talk about how to respond to it because, I mean, this this is this is what Marjorie Taylor Greene did. She sent out a formal, uh, what was it? I'm formally requested, this is from Marjorie Taylor Greene, to Honorable J. Thomas Manger, Manger, the Chief of Police, U.S. Capitol Police. I'm formally requesting U.S. Capitol Police preserve all video, surveillance, videos, blah, 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 all this other kind of stuff. Why is she doing this? Because she's wanting uh, the footage to be used for a new October 18 style, uh, January 6th prosecution. But I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen because people aren't reading what the law says. And it, maybe this is just my cynicism, my skepticism. But at this point, I think that this right here, this letter from Marjorie uh, Taylor Greene, I think this is, this is the best conservative champions that you're going to get. This, this, this is conservatism now. Conservatism has been reduced to complaining. Well, that's hypocritical. You can't do that. Preserve all the evidence because we want to prosecute them. It upsets me that we've gotten to where we've gotten because we let things, because we don't look to the fundamental law. And on this, I want, I want to go to Sidney Powell. Sidney Powell, this is from New York Post. Sidney Powell cuts plea deal in Georgia election tampering case will have to testify in future trials. This was coming out today. Did I clip a thing? Yes, yeah, his former uh, Donald Trump attorney Sidney Powell pleaded guilty Thursday in exchange for a reduced sentence in the sprawling Georgia election tampering case one day before the start of jury selection in her trial. This is important to me. It should be important to you. I like Sidney Powell. I think that she knows Jesus. I think that she is a sister in the Lord from what I could tell. She's also a high powerful attorney who's had really great, uh, you know, a stellar career. I don't think that she knows the fundamental law against her. I don't think that she's ever been taught how courts gain jurisdiction. And because she has not been taught how courts gain jurisdiction, either she knows it and she's not standing on that in the law to challenge the jurisdiction of the courts, or B, she doesn't know it she sees what is happening to her and she she's not comfortable with either her knowledge or she doesn't have the money to be able to pay for anyone to defend stuff in order for her to bat these cases around now think about this if you have a justice system that is so corrupt that it's just doing whatever it's doing if that's the truth why would you even pay for attorneys why would you even fundraise to pay for anybody's attorney's fees if all, these, if all these people are going to do is just completely railroad them and completely distract and deny the law, they're going to do whatever they want, why do you need attorneys? I mean, I mean, if, I mean let's just completely embrace it. Test the theory. If you are the, uh, if you're in the targets of the deep state, if they're coming at you in justice, if they're using the law system against you, they're going to win. I mean, if you think this, if, if you think they're going to win... Why do you need an attorney? Why do you need one? I mean, really, really stand on this and press this issue because this is incredibly important. I have seen dozens of appeals to do legal fees fundraising for people. For what? They all lose. Every single last one of these J6 patriots lose because they look to an attorney and they give the attorney's money and the attorney loses. And then they go to jail. They're like, hey, I got to pay for my attorney fees. Why? 
They lost. Let me let me cut deep. Attorneys haven't been taught what the fundamental law is. Just put simply, to gain jurisdiction, so jurisdiction, jurisdiction, juris, which means right or word, uh, right or power, right? Diction, words. The power of words, the right of words. You have to use the right words. In order to use the right words, the words you're supposed to be using is the law. How do you gain jurisdiction over somebody? If you punch me in the face, you harmed me. If I swear under oath that you punched me, I now gain jurisdiction over you. I'm using my power as having been violated. I'm swearing to that power saying this hurt me. And then me doing that in the law, putting my neck in the noose, swearing under oath that you harmed me, is now the competent power to go and take jurisdiction over somebody. What that looks like is I normally file papers in court. I say, I swear that this happened. I file papers in court. That court now has jurisdiction over somebody. It goes and takes them and brings them into the jurisdiction. When you challenge jurisdiction, you're trying to smack the hand of the court trying to grab, grab you and pull you into its jurisdiction. Here's the deal. If no one has sworn against you, there is no jurisdiction. If no one has sworn against you, no one's sworn under penalty of perjury against you, they just file a petition, that's not a sworn document. In the law, that doesn't say anything. So whenever someone uses a petition to attempt to go to a court to gain jurisdiction over you, they're actually violating your liberty because they're using an instrument of the government to use as a force against you when they don't have the power to do that. But because lawyers aren't taught jurisdiction, lawyers think, well, this jurisdiction to this court, but that's venue. They think because the crime happened in Georgia, this court has jurisdiction. No, just because, they, just because someone says a crime happened doesn't mean jurisdiction exists. Someone has to swear that the crime happened. And when they swear that the crime happened, then they confer, give, they give jurisdiction to a court. And then that court goes and pulls people into their jurisdiction. What the district attorney has done in Georgia is the district attorney is looking at facts, which I don't think are true. She's looking at stuff and she's using her discretion to swear to probable cause of statutory crime. And whenever someone, I don't know who it is, someone in her office, some investigator, is swearing to probable cause, notice the distance, notice the, the very specific twisting, deceitful tactic that they use. The twisting tactic that they use is they'll swear to probable cause, they won't swear that she committed a crime. There's a difference between me saying Sidney Powell did this crime. That's me firsthand looking at it. I swear that you did this is different than I swear that as looking at this, I believe there is probable cause that she did this. I don't care about what you believe. I care about what you are accountable to. Because the only thing that that witness is now accountable to is the fact that the witness believes that there was probable cause. Your belief that there's probable cause 
is not evidence. And when the courts use it as evidence to go and gain jurisdiction over you, if you don't challenge that jurisdiction, you've granted it. Here's the blessing. Jurisdiction can be challenged at any time in any proceeding for any reason by right. By right. Why? Because your liberty is more important and more valuable than some stupid statute. So if some stupid statute says that you committed, what, what was it? What was the things that they said? Where's this thing at right here? This is, this is what they said. This is Technofog. He says, Fulton County prosecutors drop all seven felony charges against Sidney Powell in exchange for a misdemeanor plea. They overcharged and they knew it. Here's what she was charged with. Conspiracy to commit intentional interference with performance of election duties. Who is the person that swore that she did that? Conspiracy to commit intentional interference with performance of election duties. Who is the person who swore that she did that? Conspiracy to commit intentional interference with performance of election duties. Who's the one that said, who, who swore to do that? Who swore to these crimes? No one. Someone swore to belief in probable cause to these crimes. This is important. Because whenever I say, you punched me in the face, you injured me. I swear, you injured me. I am now gaining jurisdiction over you. And whenever I file it in that court, I'm giving jurisdiction to the court. So the court is using me as a competent authority for its power to have jurisdiction over you. When these stupid people use criminal statutes and the criminal statutes are sworn to by some government agent, which by the way, if, if the government is getting paid tax money to, to have investigators who then swear to affidavits that then charge to, to charge people by other taxpayer district attorneys in taxpayer courts. You've got the entire taxpayer funded system. The entire government is in on it. And every single one of them are violating the constitution. Every single one of them are committing treason against the United States. Every single one of them. You can't use granted powers against the beneficiaries of government. You can't have someone who is an agent of the government who gets paid by public funds to then turn around and use the power against the public. You can't do it. He's an agent for his own cause, which means whenever he swears, he's swearing for his breadplate. He's swearing for his career. He has an incentive to do that. I got kids. I got a wife and kids at the home. I got a pension. I'm going to swear that I believe this woman has prop. There's probable cause that this woman did all this crap. I believe it. I'm swearing to my belief. Well, that's not, that's, that's not saying that she did anything. That's saying that you swear that you believe she did something. And it's not even that she did something. You're swearing that, she, that you believe that she might have done something, which is a freaking hoax. It's a fig leaf. It's, it's nothing. It's nothing. And Sidney Powell is a high-powered celebrity attorney. She's someone who helped President Trump, right? She's someone who's supposed to be, you know, election integrity people. And this is fundamental law. Fundamental. This is due process of law. And if, here's my question. If high-powered celebrity attorney Sidney Powell doesn't argue these fundamentals... 
My question is why? Why don't attorneys argue the, their rights? Why don't attorneys argue the fundamental law? Why don't they argue the Constitution? There's no jurisdiction here. I, I could show it in two different ways. I could show it first, there's no jurisdiction because there's no competent authority. No one has sworn under penalty of perjury that injury happened. What they swore to is that they believe probable cause happened. But you have to think, if there's a statutory crime, who was injured? Who's injured? Show me who was injured by Sidney Powell representing Trump in the election uh, fraud cases. Who? Show me. The state of Georgia. Who is the state of Georgia? Is the district attorney on behalf of the people of Georgia able to say, hey, you committed these crimes and you hurt them? Where does she get that power? Does she have the discretion to say she believes that that's sufficient for someone to be charged? Or does she impanel a grand jury and bring to the grand jury, here's this evidence. And as soon as you lower the standard of evidence to include people who aren't actually there, who aren't actually witnesses, as soon as you say the standard for evidence is these statutes written by the Congress, not the common law as secured by the Constitution, as soon as you do that, that grand jury will indict a ham sandwich, as they say. And so if the grand jury indicts Sidney Powell, now there's jurisdiction over her? Are you kidding me? Folks, we have gone so far away from the fundamentals, and it's because it, it, it takes discipline to read. It takes diligence and devotion to figure out what words mean. But look at this. You now have a high-powered attorney, celebrity patriot attorney, pleading guilty, and they're going to use her against Trump. They're going to use her to testify against Trump. And now why is that important? Because this is all about getting President Trump. And why is it all about getting President Trump? Because he dared challenge their system. He dared challenge the way that things are. I believe Trump is surrounded by horrible people. I believe they lie to him. I believe that Trump, like most Americans, are under the spell that attorneys and only attorneys know the law. That's a hoax. That's a lie. That's wrong. Let me read for you Luke eleven fifty two. Let's read from Jesus. Let's let's read what Jesus says, because if Jesus can talk to you, maybe you might believe it. Luke eleven fifty two. Let me bring up my handy dandy camera, right here. Let me get my pen. Luke, Luke eleven. Luke eleven. Luke eleven, verse fifty two. Woe unto you lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves. Come on, camera. You entered into not yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. Woe unto you lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Jesus said that lawyers take away the key of knowledge. The key of knowledge in this case is him. The prophecies were pointing to Jesus, the Bible's pointing to Jesus, and the learned people in the law were lying. They were lying to everybody else because if the people who were experts in the law told everybody else, yeah, this guy's the Messiah, they lose their power. 
the lawyers lose their power. The scribes lose their power. The, pro, uh, the, the, the Pharisees lose their power. All of these people lose their power immediately. They knew who he was. That's why they killed him. These lawyers know what the fundamental law is. That's why they don't point to it. They either don't know, which means that they're not experts, or they do know, which means that they're liars. You either do know the fundamental law and you argue it because it's the fundamental law and it's true, or you don't know the fundamental law and you're not an expert, so we shouldn't care about what you say, or you do know the fundamental law and you don't argue it because you get money if that's the case. Because every single one of these cases, this case right here, all those things right there are destroyed very simply, very simply. And, and here's the other way that I would destroy it. Subject matter jurisdiction. If government is like this hat, if government is this hat, with my, my sweat and my dirt rings around it, if government is this hat, people create government. People put judicial power inside. People would put um, you know military power inside. People would put legislative power inside. People would put administrative power inside. People put power in government. What do they not put in government? What they do not put in government is their rights, right? This is the lens of the camera, the caps of the camera. They do not put the, their rights in government. They put administrative power, judicial power, military power, right? They put all that stuff, but then they take their rights and they say, these are mine. So when you have your rights, your rights are accepted. They're out of government. They're never put in. So if these powers are never put in government, government can never treat your rights like it's their power. So whenever Sidney Powell gets charged with statutory crimes, those statutory crimes are treating Miss Powell's liberty as though Miss Powell's liberty is their property. You can't do that. That's called subject matter jurisdiction. The subject matter of this court, the subject matter of this court, of those statutes, do not include the property of Miss Powell's rights. Miss Powell's rights are not the property of the state of Georgia. Miss Powell's rights are not the property of the county of Fulton. They're not. So when Fulton County, the state of Georgia, what's her face, stupid district attorney, when they charge Miss Powell any crimes, they're charging, they're presuming Miss Powell's rights are their property. And if she knew the law, she would argue that they're not. And she would be right. Because they're not. And this is where, um, this is, this is where the fundamental law comes in. This, this is why it's so important. Because when you understand that, you see trespass everywhere. You literally see it everywhere. And one of the challenges I'm in is, is getting people to understand. Getting people to believe, rather. And this, this is, it really is, has taught me a lot about the gospel because I can show people in the law where it's written. I can literally show them and they won't believe it. They won't believe it because they look at the world and they say, well, that's not what happens. In, in their head, in their head, they can't compute the fact that things are so deceitful that the truth is so simple. And then now that they know the truth, they don't believe that it has any power. Well, that, that doesn't have any power because look at how evil everything is. Well, what, what does that mean for you? If everything is so evil and you know the truth, but you don't believe the truth has any impact, 
do you really believe the truth? This gets to the gospel. If you know what the gospel is and you believe it and you see the world and you're like, wow, the world's horrible. That gospel can't pierce that guy's heart. That The gospel can't change these nations. The gospel can't heal the divide between uh, Palestinians and, and, and Israelis. It can't do that. Do you really believe the gospel if that's the case? Like, do you really believe that the gospel is that good to solve these problems, to save this nation? To save this world, like the Bible says that Jesus came to do? If the, if the Bible says that Jesus didn't come to condemn the world, but to save the world, why would you look at the, at the bad things of the world and say, yeah, the gospel can't save that? This gets back to integrity in war. The whole point today is that there's people who are fighting, who are lying as they fight because they have market opportunity to deceive. They have incentives to screw people over and they do it with lies because people will emotionally get manipulated because they ain't reading the Bible. And when you read the Bible and you're focused on Jesus, you know what the Bible says versus what these godless commies are doing to lie about you. And the, the cut here is that if you're one of these Christians and you believe that the world's supposed to get really, 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 really horrible and there's nothing you can do about it, then there's a fatalism there. There's a laziness there. There's a cowardice there. Because you believe that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not good enough to overcome this evil. That's what you believe. And you believe that because you think prophecy is in the future. So because it's in the future and you see this really bad stuff, you're not going to do anything about it because it's like, well, the Bible says this has to happen. And if you believe the Bible says this has to happen, then you believe the Bible reads that the gospel that saves people from eternity in hell, where Jesus says he's on the throne and he expects his enemies to be footstooled, is not good enough to overcome the disparities between Ishmael and Isaac? Okay. That gospel's weak. If, 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 that, if that's what you think, that gospel is a weak gospel. It's only able to save your soul for eternity. It's not able to save the creation God said was good. It's not able to, to, to do to Christ's enemies what Christ expects to be done to his enemies. Psalm 110, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 13. If Jesus expects something to happen, you better believe it's going to happen. Jesus ain't dumb. And whenever he sits on the throne, Hebrews 10, and he expects his enemies to be footstooled, verse 13, you got to think, how does that happen if Jesus has to get out of his throne to come down to the, to the, to the land? He has to come down to the Mount of Olives in order for that to happen. Because then he's not sitting on his throne. This matters because if it, the, the way that you interpret the scripture impacts the world. Miss Powell is, you know, she's taking a plea deal. She will be labeled, uh, I don't know, be a felon or a convict or something. She will be guilty for, from here on out. And what's to say that the Bar Association doesn't come after her and say, well, you're guilty of this crime, so you can't practice law anymore. And at that point, she ain't even able to make money as a lawyer. Like, she's screwed. She's screwed because she's not believing what's true. She either doesn't know it, needs to be told, or she doesn't believe it because of pride. Because, I mean, think about this. If an attorney believed the fundamental law, the attorney couldn't practice law in court for money. Because practicing law in court for money, you would be arguing someone else's rights and, and cases would be over like that. Most of these cases don't follow the prescribed form of law. Most of these cases violate the text of the Constitution. Most of these cases are actually acts of treason. 
because it's government using sworn and delegated powers as an enemy against the beneficiary of government. And when you see that, you're like, are you kidding me right now? But to believe this and to change her behavior would be a repudiation of her career. To see this and to stop it would be for her to admit what I've been doing was not the fundamental law. And she couldn't keep doing law after, lest she be a hypocrite. Because if she uses the fundamental law and gets herself free, how can then she then turn around and use the created law, the statutory law, in order for herself to make money as an attorney anymore? It would be hypocritical. And this, I, I, I can't, I can't unsee it now. I can't unsee it because I know too much. And I know, it's not that I know so much because I'm smart. I know too much because I've read the constitutions. When the constitution says you have the right to due process of law, what I explained to you about gaining jurisdiction, that is in the due process. If you can't gain jurisdiction, there is no due process of law. How can you have the due process of law if you don't even have jurisdiction? How can you have jurisdiction if no competent authority has sworn under penalty of perjury that they should go use powers to go trespass your liberty? Think about that. Because if no one has to swear under penalty of perjury before a court gets jurisdiction over you, you could literally be sued for anything. And that's what they do. That's what attorneys do. Attorneys never swear. They can't. Not unless they want to be called out and like crushed. But because attorneys don't swear to the truth, when they file petitions to start and initiate court cases, they do so with a presumption that the court is going to take as lawful. And that right there is the secret. Because this district attorney is coming against Sidney Powell with the presumption that Sidney Powell's liberty is property of the state of Georgia. Is Sidney Powell's liberty the property of the state of Georgia? No. Well, then what are those stupid statutes doing trying to convict Sidney Powell of things that subject her liberty to that statute? How does the court in Georgia get jurisdiction over Sidney Powell whenever a paid government actor and investigator swears to belief in probable cause when probable cause is based on eyewitness testimony? Was the investigator there to have probable cause? Or does the investigator look at freaking pictures on the internet and say, this is probable cause? Really? Because that's just a picture. That's just a video. How do you determine that? Who is sworn? Who's hurt? Who is injured? And therein lies the issue. Because if you look at a video, which is a type of evidence, the video is not the same thing as having a witness who is there. The witness who is there is a witness. You watching the video is just you watching a freaking video. And then if you get paid from the public funds as a federal agent or a government actor to then watch videos for a living, isn't it self-serving that you then watch a video and conclude, yep, we should go charge this person? How can you, how can you serve yourself by swearing that someone was doing something wrong and probable cause when you weren't there, one. But how can you self-serve by swearing something that benefits you, the promulgation of investigations? Look how many people we charge with crimes. Oh, wow, that's a lot of crimes you charge people with. 
Don't you receive public funds? Yeah. So is it to your benefit that you charge people with crimes? Well, we're just upholding the law. The law that was made by legislature as a derivation of granted power from the Constitution and thereby the people? Or you're enforcing the law that the people laid down in the constitutions whereby their property, whereby their rights are not your property. Which one was it? These people are stupid, man. They're stupid, they're evil, they're vicious, they're deceitful. Which is why we need to learn the basics. Anyway, um, <laughs> the basics, the most powerful basic is the gospel. The gospel is what saves. The gospel is what's true. The gospel, I believe, will be victorious over all things. I believe the gospel will be so victorious that all enemies will be footstooled. Now, you may disagree with me on prophecy. You may disagree with me on things. We can talk about that. We can investigate where does your prophetic interpretation come from. Darby! <coughs> Dispensationalism! <coughs> Schofield Bible! We can talk about that. Put that to the side. I believe that the gospel is so good that it doesn't just save you from salvation of it doesn't just sa save you from sin it doesn't just give you salvation from sin even though that is awesome that is that is great i believe god is so good and so loving and so powerful that he will not only give you salvation from sin for eternity he will let you he he wants you with him he will make you a co-heir with christ and you will be with God for eternity, so much so that before that happens, God wants all the glory here on the creation he made that he called good, and he wants all his enemies to be footstooled. Think about it. If you had the power to save these people forever, you also have the power to say, I'm going to make all my enemies lick the dust. And I'm not going to like... Uh, speak it into existence. I'm going to use the people who believe in me to preach the gospel about me in order for other people to believe the gospel so that, that my enemies who I have loved, you know, who, who, you know, who I gave my son and I have loved them while they were still enemies, my enemies will know that I am so good and so righteous and so full of wisdom that they will then believe in me and they will become better advocates. They will become ambassadors for me. I will take my enemies, make them new creations. I will give them a reward, an everlasting eternal reward. I will treat them like my own son, and I'm just going to keep going. <laughs> like that's how I think God thinks. That's what I think the Bible says. But that begins with the that begins with the gospel. The Bible says the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15 is that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried and 3 days later he rose from the grave physically. Physically rose, not spiritually, physically rose from the grave is according to the scriptures. Read the Bible to know what God says. Believe the gospel in order to be with God for eternity and to be have remission of your sins. Do that today. Amen. Folks, there are other ways to help. I've talked to you about the patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. There is also the humblewb.coffee. Humblewb.coffee. This is where you get to do a uh, you know, you get to do the transitioning of Money, money for a private association into Bibles. This is our effort to spread the word of God um, by using portions of proceeds to go to mail out Bibles. This is air roasted coffee, not drum roasted. 99% of coffees are drum roasted. 
They put the beans in a metal bucket, they turn it around a fire, and they set things on fire. It's smoky, it's bitter, it may or may not have carcinogen, I have no idea. But that, um, that process is not good. That's 99% of coffees. Humble whole bean coffee at humblewb.coffee is air roasted coffee delivered right to your door. Portions of proceeds go to mailing Bibles. Appreciate your time, Lord willing. We'll be back tomorrow. Until then, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit, ever. Never quit. Go to war.